Hey y'all, it is Asian Hour, hosted by Linus and Nathaniel, <laughs> two Asian boys that are just blabbing about anything. Um, it's actually a call-in show, okay. so if anyone wants to come on, I'll post a Discord link in the Twitch chat, and you're totally welcome to come on and post any hot takes you have about Asian identity, or really just homeboy gossip. So, how's it going, Nathaniel? Pretty good. You, I, I, you, I, I guess you worked on that since last time, that was not bad. What do you mean worked on it? Is it better than it was previously? <laughs> or or you, you just like had stuff to say and I could tell it was prepared. That so is true. It, it was good. Mm -hmm. Wait, did you play music or something? I, I, I can't see the stream, so. I did play music. So it goes on my okay. desktop audio. So it doesn't play for you. Ah, mm -hmm. okay. Gotcha. Oh my gosh. If you can't tell, I'm a little scuffed coming onto this because I was just playing Valorant and it went into overtime. <laughs> I didn't expect <laughs> that at all. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, how's it going, Nathaniel? What time of Asian were you this week? Oh, yeah, uh, I... <laughs> Cat just turned right around. Okay, yeah, I didn't make an appearance, sadly, but, uh, Ozai's our dog. Um, uh, uh, this week, I'm, uh, what, well, not anymore, but I, I guess I'm a, I was a COVID Asian and, and now a recovered Asian, <laughs> recovering COVID uh -huh. Asian, because, uh, I finally got COVID after... Two and a half years, yeah. I guess a little late on the train, it's, um, but but yeah, that that kind of took me out for a week. Um, yeah, definitely. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think I was like the first. I I think I since I it's I haven't gotten COVID slash like have only talked to people. I think I mm. didn't realize how long it would be. So like the first couple of days, I was just kind of like like oh, okay, like I'll be good in a couple of days, and then like I was just proceeded to like I told my or coworkers, I was sort of like, like, oh, like, like, I don't feel great now, but like, I'll hopefully I'll get some stuff done the rest of the week. Like, did not get anything done the rest of the week. Uh, just well, and I think it hit me differently than most people because, like, for me, I just got like a really bad sore throat and like oh. I couldn't barely swallow got for it. a while for a while, and that was like a lot worse than the congestion and stuff. But, um, but I'm back now. I I've gone outside since tested negative on, um, Monday, and. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I I was having some like existential realizations where I think I was like feeling very cooped up, but then uh -huh. also like at the same time realizing that like the feeling I had from quarantining was like not that different from just like staying inside working all day. Oh, I and see. I was like, oh, like okay, I need to get outside more. Um, <laughs> but I rewatched two seasons of Attack on Titan. I and I uh, drank a lot of Nyquil and Dayquil. So yeah. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. What kind of Asian were you this week, Linus? Well, let me roll right into this with, I've been a, and this is pretty rare for me, actually, is I've been an Asian identity Asian, right? Ooh. Where I've been running into interesting conversations about, like, what's the difference between West Coast Asian versus East Coast Asian versus Midwest oh. Asian? Or, like, okay. like, real talk, I'm really bad about this, like, intersectionality stuff or talking about, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, like, Loki, I've actually had to, like, talk about, like, was Kev Jumba important to my childhood growing up? Or, like, watching, yeah. like, Asian YouTubers, was that important to my childhood? So, lately, I've been chatting with my friends about it. And, like, we've been, like, trying to piece together, like, what is your identity if you grew up in, like, a community full of Asians versus your identity in a group full of not-Asians? Oh, yeah. I have a, yeah. like, and I'm also planning out some July 4th stuff too. And like, it's okay. pretty interesting because it's like this social aspect of things too. So I'm like, 
trying to figure out how things piece together as like who vibes with who and like like mm. i do think asians tend to cluster too as like a friend group but it was interesting yeah. because we had this big shindig together and it was like predominantly white and i could like tell that there was like some interesting like conversations that were happening and i was like okay i'm here for this so hmm. christine and i it, chatted it, for a while interesting is, is there like something that has caused these conversations to happen more or just it's just happening uh i think it's just happening it's just kind of like okay. by happenstance right like for example okay. i've made a friend named simon and he's married to a girl named taiwan right Okay. And we were just chatting about it. I invited him to come on to Asian Hour or like, you know, swing by. And he was like, I'm not Asian. I'm white. So I have nothing to talk about. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, well, your wife's Taiwanese, right? You could ask her if she's a good Asian or bad Asian. And he's like, hmm, I'm curious what that answer would be. <laughs> because we ask that question a lot to uh, people who are Asian American. We don't ask that question a lot to international people, like people who are mm. straight from Taiwan. So I think that'd be interesting to yeah. have that response. Speaking hmm. of which, we do have a special guest here. Um, I would like to introduce a Rutgers graduate, which is what we call the Ivy League of the East Coast, right? Um, <laughs> worked at Wells Fargo for four to five years, so she can tell you everything about banking, but she worked in product management there. <laughs> it's Manisha, a coworker of mine from the uh, from Vistar hey. Media. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to have to correct you there. I worked in Bank of America. For oh some... my gosh, Bank uh, of America. Wait. I just disparaging you. just named you. our number one competitor. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that is so, that's kind of mortifying, actually. Interesting. It's so all good. I'm not there anymore, yeah. so it really doesn't matter. Is is there like do people is there actually like a rival or like if you if you ran across a Wells Fargo person on the street, would you like be glares or or is it more just like a friendly kind of like ah ha 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 grr. So I'm I'm not sure of it myself too much. Haven't had much experience, but like when we were down there for training in the beginning of our careers, like it was in North Carolina in Charlotte, which is like headquarters of Wells Fargo as well as mm -hmm. Bank of America. And there were just a bunch of jokes running around that weekend <laughs> of like, don't hook up with someone from Wells Fargo. <laughs> like, don't get dinner with someone Wait, from Wells you're Fargo. Your like, hangout like, sounds so much more fun than our hangouts. Wait, is so there, <laughs> is there hooking up that going yeah. on in your area? Yeah, like, is, 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 is that a threat? Is, is that something that's. <laughs> There's a difference between West Coast Asians and East Coast Asians. Yeah. Also, like, I forgot they, to they don't even claw. need to tell us that our training. Yeah, back in a bit. Oh, honestly, <laughs> white claw. Yeah, I was about to get <laughs> oh, white oh, claw. Wait, wait. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of podcast. Um, you know, I am going to grab my white claw. Nathaniel, keep Manisha entertained. Okay. So for Manisha, for context, so Linus is usually very good about cutting this off at like exactly an hour and he'll like but then uh last time he had a white uh with i, I don't know if you, you all i don't know if you know helen too but i know helen uh, yeah, yeah so she was on last time okay, and then helen was apparently she was texting helen while i was hanging okay never mind helen apparently but so li let, let's just say linus had a white claw that one and then uh it normally goes an hour that one went like in at what almost almost, almost two, two hours, hours. I actually so. listened to that podcast. Oh, yesterday. okay, all right. Um, <laughs> it was yeah, it was very entertaining. I heard Linus get a white claw like halfway through it, and then okay, as so it you progressed, know you know what's coming. Right. People were just like roasting him in the chat. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I was getting. Do, do I need to get alcohol too to make you feel less self conscious, or by me? Well, I mean, it won't really affect me as much. But <laughs> I've heard all about how Linus is a, a lightweight from him. So. <laughs> Efficiency. 
For the record, Manisha was there for my uh, new hire orientation. So we were also drinking at the... Uh, <laughs> okay. We did get to meet in person, but oh, I don't wow. think you actually like got tipsy there or anything. Okay. And I had to leave early anyways. That's true. That is true. That was unfortunate. Does Manisha party as, as hard as um, Oh, she goes Ellen so hard. Or? Okay, okay. <laughs> hard, who, who, who parties harder? Hey, that's <laughs> just being... Asian energy. She goes hard, man. sarcastic. <laughs> Actually, okay, I wouldn't say that I don't party. Like, I'm the type of person who's, like, down to go out and have a good time and stuff like that, but I do not drink, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because I would okay. be just like Linus anyways, so. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so. Fair enough. You just carry all the energy inside of you. You don't need you don't need alcohol to activate it. You're you're just bringing the party anyways. I li- yeah yeah I like okay, to, I like right. to think that like I cool, I can definitely cool. like go out to the club and have a good time without alcohol or something like that. Nice. So I was so- I was actually talking to Helen about this yesterday where I was like if I did have alcohol and stuff I would just become ten times more annoying than I am regular. <laughs> oh please, you're not annoying. Don't think like that. Not actually, just like a lot more talkative, a lot more giggly. Like, oh, that's like totally that. that's what alcohol's for. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, there's like different types, mm. right? There's like the people who get really depressed, but then there's the people who get really happy. So, <laughs> well, well my girlfriend has been gone. A... What's up? Let's say you don't need fun to have alcohol. Exactly. Um... Exactly. Although I've been drinking a lot more since Rena's been gone, so <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> Come back, Rena. I know. You're that sad that she's gone. (laughs) It's just lonely. I don't know if you ever live by yourself, but, like, I'm not used to it. Because I used to live with Nathaniel, and that was with seven other guys. So that was kind of rowdy. And then I moved in with Rena, and, like, it's been fun living with her, right? Like, you know, you always have someone to hang out with. But now she's kind of gone for an extended amount of time, and I'm just like, I have this podcast to sustain my social energy now. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of feeling that, too, because I, like... I literally have done nothing social for the last, well, since getting COVID, right? So, yeah. yeah. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Actually, low-key between you and me, it's, um, I started this podcast so I could hang out with Nathaniel at a specific <laughs> time, because I knew he had that Stanford boy energy, where, actually, that's not completely true, but if you are thinking about a stereotypical Stanford kid, they'll make your podcast appointment, but they won't make, like, a hangout appointment. <laughs> It, well, it has to. I think the stereotypical Stanford thing is it has to be in the Google Calendar, mm-hmm. um, which is actually how I've gotten like, which I've been frustrated with my other Stanford friends about at times. But then, like, if you send them a Google Calendar invite, you know, like that's how you, you like, you can't be like, hey, want to hang out tomorrow? And, and then they'll be like, oh, like maybe in two weeks from now. But then, it, like, the the way I got like some of my busier friends to hang out is like we have a three weeks recurring Google Calendar invite, and then they're actually very good about that but also very hard to get hang out to hang out spontaneously so i think smart i feel like the more of an adult i become and my friends like we're always putting our hangouts on google calendars <laughs> to like hold the place even if it's like a facetime call uh, we'll be like this hour this day is when we're gonna hop on this uh, okay call. so we're accidentally roasting you here is what i'm i'm finding <laughs> this is also what i think is like i'm all like this is such a stanford energy thing but i'm starting to realize east coast Asians, west coast Asians, midwest Asians, we're all kind of like mm-hmm. it's the same vibe all asians to some extent mm-hmm. are like like, right? <laughs> I did get to ask you the question though. What type of Asian were you this week, Manisha? Oof. I've been feeling like an unproductive Asian this week. Oh, actually. interesting. You yeah, don't need to talk about a work on the podcast, but if you feel like you're being unproductive, <laughs> I just don't want to force you to. Mm-hmm. 
No, no, it's like kind of because it worked though. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm hitting my three month mark of being here, and I'm the oh, type of like Asian okay. also. Who, sorry. Oh, okay, so you guys have been there about the same time amount of time then. Okay. Well, it's been there like probably a month and a half, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but like. I'm the type of Asian to also put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. So, like, being in the third month of work, I'm kind of like, oh, I should understand everything, and I mm -hmm. should be able to, like, do everything on my own at this point and stuff. And, like, I still find myself very, like, dependent for help and things like that mm -hmm. and just feeling like a bad product manager sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like this week, especially, I've been feeling that pressure. Uh, but, like, it's okay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think that is a very Asian thing, though. Like, I was oh, just yeah. talking to Simon about that, and he's like, you feel like you don't pay enough attention to details? Like, that's okay, dude. Like, <laughs> he had, like, really strong white male energy. He was like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Like, it's okay if you don't pay attention to the details. This works out. Yeah, yeah. The putting pressure into yourself. Thing. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think getting COVID actually helped me with that, because, like, I think, like, I was able to... There was a bunch of like times like things that I thought were very time sensitive on my plate, so I was like, like, mm. oh darn, like I can't get sick now. But then like I like kind of delegated some of it, like some of it just got pushed back, and then I'm like, hey, like I want a week and everything's okay. So like I feel like this week I have a much more relaxed attitude about work and not putting pressure on myself because I like mm. I was I was like essentially gone a week and saw it didn't all fall apart. But definitely. Oh yeah, sometimes you need that reassurance. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> I actually feel like tomorrow is not going to help much because I got my, like, second booster for COVID today. Oh, and nice. from history, it's been affecting me, like, pretty badly when I get mm -hmm. the, the shots. So tomorrow I'm just like, I'm probably going to have to call out sick at some point. And so oh, that's yeah. another day of just, like, unproductive. That's okay. Yeah. We're doing <laughs> we're doing Q3 planning. It's okay. <laughs> that's exactly what's tripping me up, though, I think. Oh, I can see that, actually. Yeah. I'm like, it's time for planning, and I have no idea what we should be doing in the future right now. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. I, like, was talking with my girlfriend about it until, like, 12 a.m. Because I was just kind of like... It's, it's weird because you're new and you're supposed to determine your future almost, right? So it's very much like on you to like figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. In a place like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's Do you guys feel like it's like a relatively like what pressuring work environment or, or, or just kind of like putting pressure on yourselves? It's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you feel this way, Linus, but like for me, when I came from, like, the bank, right, and and people know how banks are, it's a very, like, structured, hierarchical, like, there's rules uh -huh. and regulations that you follow. And so it's almost, like, easier to do well there because you're following, like, a certain set of steps. Mm -hmm. And here, there's, like, so much room for creativity, which, like, mm -hmm. I guess I expected, but also not so much right off the bat, where sometimes I don't feel, like, creative enough. And that's me putting, like, pressure on myself because our team is very, like, relaxed. And they're kind of just like, here's what, here's your goal, now reach it as you will type of thing. Um, but yeah. No, I, I totally get it. Like, it's like that free-flowing thing is, like, very different compared to, like, more of a regimented system. Where, for example, I was, like, coming up with, like, I need a content development plan or de development calendar, right? So, like, you have to pitch it, you're, like, your idea to someone, and then they're like, okay, that sounds good. Versus, like, it's coming from on high, where it's like, this is what you must do. Yeah. Your next step. So Exactly. And then, like, for example, I'm talking about 
like the podcast with a couple of friends and then I invite them on, right? I feel like that's something where like I if I worked at a bank or like a much more regimented like company, I would not be talking so freely about random things like this. But I kind of like went in with that like I'll talk about my farmers market stand that I want to start, and then my like oh, yeah. manager <laughs> during our team meeting says, "By the way, Linus is starting a farmers market stand." It was so funny when she put him on the spot for that. I was yeah. like, "Oh wow, okay, we're gonna talk about this." I know, like I talked about it for like a good five minutes. It's like <laughs> so it's like very you know ad hoc. Like we're here to vibe and just like talk about things. <laughs> So, I think it's kind of cool, though. Uh-huh. Like, you I learn agree. so much about your team members as, like, people and friends and stuff as well. Um, so, I don't know. It's kind of cool. No, I totally get it. I. What's interesting for me, though, and this is because I haven't met Helen or Kira in person yet, is, mm. like, it's, like, the development of relationships outside of, like, knowing them in person is something that I'm, like, trying to get over. Like, I think it's really valuable for me to, like... Because, like... Right now, like, it's just, like, I have, like, pretty strong relationships with both my, like, co- with all my coworkers now, but I feel like it's stronger because in person versus, like, mm-hmm. out of person. So I've been hearing a lot of grumbling about remote work, and I'm like, nah, dude, you got to go in person. And I know mm-hmm. you actually had some thoughts about that, Manisha. You were like, remote work is fine, right? Oh, shit. So yeah. I so I'm curious to hear, like, Nathaniel's thoughts on that, too, because I know Linus liked being in person, even though it was just for, like, a couple of days, mm-hmm. whereas I was kind of, like, like nice to meet everyone and see the office and stuff, but, like, I definitely like being remote. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, also, is, is this new person also a guest, or before I answer that, or? I don't know or what Simon's doing here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, do I just ignore the fact that another person? <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so funny! I bet he was coming out to yell at me. Apparently, their game went really. Oh well, I, I just saw the chat. Like, damn it, Linus, get back in here! <laughs> Apparently, Linus ditched his uh, his Valorant party to. <laughs> I have priorities. Okay, I can play Valorant any time of the day, but Manisha coming on Hello. the podcast is very important. Wow, wow, it's 17... very valuable. Exactly. Wow, they're, they're pulling 17 to 17 with a man down. Wow. <laughs> we tied 17 to 17. Okay. All right. I'm so, sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Um, I mean, how do I feel about remote work? <laughs> how do I feel about remote work? Um, yeah, yeah no, it's interesting hearing all this because I think I. So. I feel like yeah, I I feel like the average person really likes remote work, and I think I think I do for the um, or like you know, there's all this talk nowadays about like getting forced back into the office uh, for mm. a lot of at least for a lot of barrier tech companies. I assume the same for the East Coast, but um, and people are very angry about it. I think, uh, I think personally, I yeah, I, I think I also like just the type of person I am. I think I didn't realize until I've been working remote how much I get from working in person. And and my last job was at a nonprofit that was like running mm. a bunch of community programs. So like it's like very community oriented, right? But sure. I think I have found myself being kind of like at least during work kind of like lonely with just like or like finding that like I don't get any of that like mm-hmm. social, you know, just being friends with people at work or just uh you know like I know my coworkers, but I wouldn't say like I'm like I, I won't invite any of them on a podcast, you know. But uh, <laughs> here I am, uh, willy nilly. Come on the podcast, anyone yeah, yeah. joins. But oh. but I, I think I have found myself like being kind of like, uh, it's like not a bad thing, but I think it's also like I, I find myself like searching for that more outside of work. 
since I'm remote. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, I don't know, I, I'm kind of like, I think I, I, I wouldn't call myself an extrovert, but I also like need like some social. So I, I think I have enjoyed just, and like my people, at, my coworkers at work are like very good about like staying to schedule and meetings and all that. But then I, like I, I had one where like the person who was leading the meeting like showed up 15 minutes late and we just like small talk for 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, like, this they is really lives. nice but, like, <laughs> but i'm like but it's like that's like the longest literally the longest small talk i've had like wow like and like my whole which like it's not supposed to be a roast on my work but it's just like i think it's like it's just very different for me because it's very like impersonal it, it feels kind of impersonal right like there's just like yeah. it feels kind of like people and since i work at a you know my company's like probably 200 plus mm-hmm. so like as i'm like getting put on new projects it kind of feels like just new people like materialize from the ether like i'm getting comments on my google doc that mm. like i don't know who this person is like new people in my <laughs> slacking me for things and i don't know who they are but which is like very different from like you know in the office i'd like like okay like let's meet each other right but so yeah inputs a little more welcome in person yeah, yeah. I guess. But, but i do like the flexibility yeah or like being able to just you know like kind of be very on my own schedule is, is nice though so yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely bittersweet like that. And I, I wonder what factors kind of play into preference for remote work, because like, mm-hmm. for us, like, the environment is just so much more chill than I could have ever imagined. But also like, throughout the week, we have so much bonding as a product team, like, even if we're just talking about work, we have like, four calls a week that are just for the product team. And then the product mm-hmm. team is like six or seven people. So it's very like intimate as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll do things like breakfasts or lunches or like weekly product meeting and stuff. All so, over Zoom? Yeah. All of, okay. Yeah. Google, Google Hangouts. Okay. Um, so that's like one aspect. All the time in New York. I'm so jealous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you try a bagel while you were in New York, Linus? I did. I had one bagel actually. Christian said it was okay. Ooh. Or no, he said it was a good choice for wherever we were. <laughs> I think that's what okay. he said. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, what's, what's weird for me though is like, so I've, I've been watching a lot of TikTok lately. Cause one, I was trying <laughs> to get inspired for this podcast. And two is because I've been kind of bored. And I realized it was really bad this weekend because I watched three hours of TikTok in one day. You're doing it right. One sitting or one day? Like one day, in one day. Or you just pull it out, you're just scrolling, right? And you're just like, blah, 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 blah. But what I've noticed is I started recognizing certain people that kept on showing up on my feed. I was like, I know this Asian girl. Or, oh, this Asian girl and this white guy are going on a traveling trip and they're posting every day about it, right? So it's, like, weird to me because, like, you start developing, like, these parasocial relationships with these people on TikTok. Mm. And I'm like... This kind of happens at work, too, where I, like, have these, like, strong relationships with, like, Helen or with Kira, and I've never met them in person, mm-hmm. right? So it's, like, maybe I just need to roll with it, where it's just, like, maybe it's okay to start developing relationships based off of, like, people you meet on the internet, and you never need to see them in person, mm-hmm. right? It's so true. I feel like, the, I mean, there's a differentiating factor between remote and in-person, and which is, like, I think, like, body language and things like that. But as far as, like, getting to just know people and stuff oh like uh-huh remote <laughs> helen just roasted me on the chat by the way <laughs> <laughs> she said, we don't have a strong relationship <laughs> okay, I'm 
no, no, we know we can't talk shit. He was like, get out of your head. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm getting roasted. I'm only like halfway into my white claw too. <laughs> Damn, dude, now Helen's gonna say we don't have a strong relationship either. No, you texted her while she's on vacation, okay? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure she didn't like drown somewhere. No, nah, that's a fair assessment, you know. By the way, Helen's apparently the coolest one of our coworkers, for the record, Nathaniel. So Who's you got to. That? <laughs> so you're saying it's all downhill from here? Let me let me rephrase it. Manisha's also cool. I didn't mean to roast you. Who chose the most uncool coworker to come on your podcast? Oh, that is not true. Oh my gosh, let's roast all our. Co- no, I'm joking. I need to invite them on so I can't go down she, that she line. She says I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Actually, though, like, to my point about watching a bunch of TikTok and developing, like, parasocial relationships, which is, like, a really weird one to come out with, Eileen Gu. I don't know if you guys are familiar with who Eileen Gu is. Oh, yeah. She's a skier. Yeah, she's the Olympic skier. And she's been posting on TikTok recently. She, like, shows up all the time. And she's just talking about life. And I'm like, this is, like, weird because I see the NBC News articles about her. Like, we had a different guest on our podcast that talked about the rise of, like, what was it? The Asian bad girl or whatever? Like, oh yeah, uh, she wrote an article about. Yeah, they, like, uh, where's the article? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah she yeah, wrote an article weird. about like how there's like this rise of like specifically Asian females that aren't like catering to like a specific identity, like in society kind of expects. Um, and you, like, hear about Eileen Gu and stuff, and, like, oh. she's, like, talked about in this, like, Asian stereotype archetype of, like, going against culture. And then you see her on TikTok just kind of, like, doing her thing, or, like, you know, not even promoting, but just talking about life. And it's, like, weird because it gives you a glimpse of, like, what someone's life looks like based off what they post on TikTok. And I'm, like, I kind of enjoy this. Like, and I totally know TikTok's filtered and it's all filmed on a camera, but I'm, like, I can understand why people are so invested in, like just being involved in someone's life through Twitch or, like, through TikTok and stuff like that, so. I found it. The the Rise of the Asian American Cool Girl was the article. (laughs) Rise of the American... I want that on a plaque in regular rankings, thanks. The baddies. Uh, Tier list? What do you mean tier list, Levi? Oh, tier list of my coworkers. I'll do a tier list of my well, friends before we, I do a tier list. What we have to do is coworkers. we have to have all of them on the podcast and then give it a couple of days and then see which one has the most views. I mean, real talk, I have been thinking about it, but here's actually the issue. And it's not really a big issue. It's that the rest of my coworkers are not Asian. So uh, I don't know how to pitch it to them. Like, Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, Manisha, I knew would be down because she mentioned she was down in person. But. You know, I it's, did, yeah. Yeah, it, it's part of like an interesting vibe too, because like you can't really ask a white person, "Are you a good white person or a bad white person?" But I feel Absolutely. like it's more kosher to ask an Asian person that. I don't know. By the way, Manisha, well, it's like, it's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> growing up, do you feel like you were a good Asian or a bad Asian? Ooh, good question. I'm throwing this on you. I feel like a mix. Um. I feel like I was just a good kid in general. Like, I never was the type to, like, rebel against my parents or, like, do anything that would be deemed inappropriate as an Asian. But I would say, like, academically, I may not have been a great Asian. Really? (laughs) And that's probably where, like, this pressure now comes from, right? Like, I I was always that kid who was just, like, 
happy-go-lucky, like, mm. I will do work to the extent of which I need to, to, like, do good enough, but i rather have more time in the day to, like, play. I'd always be that kid who's, like, bothering my other Asian friends, being like, hey, did you finish your homework so we can hang out? And, like, everyone else is, like, studying in, uh-huh. until, like, 2 in the morning. And I'm just like... Two in the morning? I, I Wait, in high school? Or middle, yeah, what? high school. What? Okay, well, I don't know what high school you By the way, I'm so wrong. <laughs> I, my Midwest friends were asking me, like, what's the difference between West Coast Asian and East Coast Asian? I was like, I think West Coast Asians are really academic, and East Coast Asians are just kind of a vibe. <laughs> and I no. say 2 a.m. <laughs> Also, Rutgers, Rutgers is a pretty what? I, I don't know about, but like, I, I'd assume most people at Rutgers are academically or. Okay, well, let's say it depends on the major that you're in, right? Like, okay, I did yeah, comp sci. Right. Everybody was decently academic, but also a lot of the Asian population at Rutgers was international oh. and not like Asian American. Oh, interesting. Uh, so very like high achieving. Um. Which actually made me feel even worse as an Asian. So that made you... So you feel like academics made you feel like a worse Asian. Probably. Because, like, again, and it's interesting, I live in a very, like, Asian community in the sense that, like, it's very Indian Asian, right? <laughs> I have so another every... question about that, too, but... I have a suspicion totally. that Manisha just has smarter friends than us. <laughs> what are you talking about? You went to and the dad friends. You friends than herself. <laughs> Okay, so you you feel like you were okay, but then you went to Rutgers, and then you feel like those are a bunch of international kids, right? So did you not yeah. compare yourself to them because they were international? So I felt okay growing up. I felt awful at Rutgers. Oh really? Um, Aww. I don't. I don't know what it is. I know that like also the way that. Asian schools are internationally growing up is very different than the way that we're taught things here. Like I hear the way that my cousins in India like had to deal with school and it was just so much more like strict and the competition and like you needed to be like number one if you were going to get anywhere Uh, in life. So uh, the entire mindset is competitive. Whereas I'm a very like non-competitive person. I could like care less about those types of things. Um, So for me to grow up in like, that type of competitive environment too and like not feel as much in the race as other people i was always just mm. like am i not trying hard enough yeah. like why is everyone so else say, so much you better? say your high school is pretty competitive it sounds like very yeah oh, and, oh yeah there are like within our mm. circle the average sat score was probably like a 2250 mm. 2250 <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's pretty good. Twenty four hundred, and the average GPA was at like a four point mm-hmm. Well, I mean, your high school is kind of like that, right, Nathaniel? Or no? No. Uh, <laughs> my well, it's actually interesting thinking about that because like you, you you hear about the other high schools like Mission or like the ones in Cupertino. Mm. Um, the more like uh, I I don't know if you're familiar with the Bay Area, but like um, this is this is like the more much more competitive Asian mm. public high schools. Uh, my high school was a private school, but it, well, mm-hmm. at the time it was very white. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like, like I, I did pretty well, like I did pretty well academically, but I'd say like, it wasn't that competitive, I'd mm-hmm. say, or mm-hmm. like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was stretching myself to do well, if that makes sense. Whereas, uh, whereas if I'd gone to like mission, I, my guess is that I would have been like, just based on my experience with like other like high achieving, like like I feel like at a place like Mission, I would have been like struggling to, 
like you know be be like e e like kind of even crack the above average sort of did you have imposter syndrome going to college then because i feel yeah. like a lot of or, like kids at stanford were like very good like they like yeah. very much competed to be at the top or do you feel like oh yeah, yeah. actually the vibe there oh no yeah i definitely did uh i think imposter uh or is there like different the, part, part of the Stanford experience is having imposter syndrome. Well, oh, I, I think I that's see. a, I, I think that's true of a lot of like any like elite quote unquote schools. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, but like, you know, you know, I, I think, I, I think I definitely felt it more because uh, hmm. like, you know, high, high school is like it's whatever. Right. But then yeah. you're like, like, you know, like when you're, uh, you know, it's like, I, I was like on a hall with like mm -hmm. these, or I, I think specifically doing comp sci, I think, um, you know, like I, I had like, I was like this freshman in my hall that like had like you know done three internships and sold and like had had an app that like had tens of thousands of downloads. You know these, I mean I I had like a lot of really smart people to help me, but like mm -hmm. I was kind of like you know it's very easy to feel like you're behind, right? When, mm -hmm. You know, like you're like okay, I'm like yeah. gonna do this teaching job freshman year for my internship, and then all your friends are like at Google or Facebook, and you're like oh like I would have been happy with this like on the face of things but now like i feel i feel like i'm behind for some reason because yeah you know but like you know you kind of learn how to like not worry about that as you go on but like it's definitely like it affects you when you're there and i think that's a common experience for a lot of yeah i i like my guess is i yeah i, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a similar experience yeah. at Rutgers or other yeah what about minnesota nathaniel do you feel like i had a similar <laughs> no that's a leading question i feel like you had it <laughs> i don't know you have to you answer that for me. <laughs> uh, i can answer that question well it's interesting right because i was explaining to Minisha about the like seed of this podcast where it was like good asian bad asian where i was like a complete shit at academics right and you were <laughs> um he's selling himself a little short mr salutatorian at a valley um, Stanford, like. I know, right? But look, he'll get embarrassed and start blushing a little bit, so oh, we don't talk about him like sure. that. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten enough from you. So. <laughs> but point being is, I failed my final class at college, right? Like, and like it was a one, one yeah, which was um, which was like what? <laughs> it was um, one credit course. What, what was it called? Happiness and <laughs> no, it was called success <laughs> over stress. I couldn't pass that class. And I had to so take it two times. What okay, made that class so hard? Oh, I was just so lazy. I mean, like, oh. <laughs> it's not even that it was hard. Okay, let me let me tell you about my life. Okay, please. <laughs> um, please. I I roll into college like I'm a badass. Okay, but I'm pretty sure I get accepted because I'm a legacy kid because my dad went to the U of M, and <laughs> like I had like middling. Like I had an SAT score that was like 2030 or something like that. Like I was like, okay, above 2K, I'm happy, right? But oh, I didn't go. Like beyond that, and that's actually low key bragging. Like I, I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> it's cool. Um, I'm proud of my 2090. Also, I was like, I broke too yeah. fast. But I was so bad in high school. Like I took honors chemistry and I failed that class, <laughs> so I had to retake it. So Ooh. I was like slumming it with like this is me in like high school mind is like I'm slumming it with sophomores while I'm a junior. But I also <laughs> failed algebra two trig. I think. <laughs> right. So like. In my mind, I always felt like I was a bad academic, right? Because my dad was like, I don't understand how you're bad at math. You're yeah. Asian. <laughs> right? Were you not, like, a math and science Asian? Were you, like, more of a, I don't know, reading history? Or did you just not like school at all? 
I would say I was more of a reading history Asian. Like, there's actually oh, yeah. a joke where I used to just read. Linus did have a reputation for that. Or do you know what AR points are? I don't. Or, okay, okay. Accelerated reader, but Linus oh, okay, had okay. AR points. <laughs> okay. Um, but, like, throughout high school and even through college, I was struggling. <laughs> like, and then I failed calculus when I was in college. So I had to retake that class. Like, my academic path is not illustrious. It was not, like... Yeah. It wasn't a beautiful thing. And then when I finally graduated from college, and people are always like, you graduated in three years. Part of it was because, like, I had taken, like, all these, like, community college classes because I was trying to, like, oh, make yeah. up for credits and stuff like that. Um, but my final class in college, because I needed exactly 200 credits to graduate. So my right. final semester, I took the exact amount, which was, like, 14 credits. And I had a one-credit course called Success Over Stress. Hmm. And I just could not be bothered to fill out the forms that they were making me fill out. Laziness greater than success. Mm -hmm. So when I finished my college career, I was like, I am such a bad Asian. Like I didn't study computer science. I wasn't like good at math or whatever. I had failed classes. Right. Um, And things like that. But I like ended up landing on my feet. And like, you know, I talk to my parents nowadays and they're like, I mean, you're fine. Like, we were yeah, just worried I guess I'm... that you wouldn't have a job or you wouldn't be able to provide for yourself, right? That's their biggest fear, right? And I think that was my biggest fear too. And like like Nathaniel said, you see people like landing all these internships and jobs mm-hmm. during college yeah. and you feel the pressure and you're kind of just like I don't know, for me there was a point where I was just like, I'll take anything. And that's kind of how I ended up at Bank mm-hmm. of America, honestly. Oh, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bank of America. But like I do from there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. You call it Bank of America. Do, do, do people that work there just call it the bank? Is that how it goes? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, like really? me and my coworkers <laughs> used to be like the bank, and even now when we uh-huh. reference it, we'll be like, Oh yeah, remember the bank. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But if you like work at Wells Fargo or something, you call it like Wells or Fargo. <laughs> Don't you know? have you no know idea there. what they okay. do over there. I like it. I like it. We don't okay. talk about those people, Linus. <laughs> okay, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, though. Like, say so you like your coworkers and you just like, or not even your coworkers. You're talking with your friends about growing up and then. No, just like, so once I got to like Bank of America, I, I think I made it my goal to like work hard there so that I could get more of like a tech job mm-hmm. and kind of feel like up to par with my other friends who have oh. done like computer science and kind of got like techie jobs off the bat. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so I just like put my soul into landing a job. Oh. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> At some point. And then I finally got it. And I feel like now I'm feeling like a different imposter syndrome, right? Like, uh, like you're just always going to feel it at some point, I feel. Yeah, yeah. No, that totally makes sense, right? Like, uh, I can feel that. You always have yeah. imposter syndrome somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we Wait, made just, it, right? We're here for a reason. <laughs> and just for context, are you doing software engineering now or? I'm a product manager. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Simon asked. So, so that means you're one of the CS people who actually uh, likes to talk to people. Is, is that's my stereotype. I'm <laughs> one of the CS people who hates to code. <laughs> <laughs> Not mutually exclusive, but <laughs> that's actually who, another reason. Who that has I've people told. skills? <laughs> <laughs> that too, though. I love it. That's another reason, though, it felt, like, really weird being in CS and not wanting to code because, like, every other person in there was like, oh, I'm going to be a software engineer. I was just, like, really good at coding. And they made it feel like it was the only track you could take as a computer scientist. And then, like, I kind of just got placed into product management at some point in my career. And I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Well, I am also a CS person who's not 
really strictly doing a software engineering job. So did you not want to? Uh, yeah, or kind of. I kind of accidentally ended up in a well because my last job was like doing program work at a nonprofit. Nice. Uh, that that was teaching CS, and then uh, so and curriculum work and teaching work, and then now I'm I have this weird job where I write technical interview stuff. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, but so you like yeah. conduct interviews? Uh, <laughs> my my my, yeah, my my company's uh. <laughs> It's not that interesting. I, I love that sigh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or, or, or my my company just does like they they like conduct technical interviews for other people. So like I'm on the team nice. that creates the problems for that. And then mm. right now a lot of my job is helping specifically with like this um diversity program that's like helping black engineers. Um mm. but like helping on the content side of that which is what they call like the actual technical questions he's a technical writer yeah. i'm just saying that you know <laughs> <laughs> you know it's actually like the way you talk about your job it actually sounds like there's actually more similarities than i would have expected yeah yeah that's the secret I mean, dude. They use, they use the word content a lot so I mean, content I'm on the strategist content team, yeah so. you're a part of the co Ooh, i like it simon asked a question if any of you have a kid would you want to them to feel like they were a good asian Wow, Simon, I was literally just about to ask that. So, yeah. <laughs> so nice. I'm going to throw that question on myself because <laughs> I know I would want my kid to feel like he's a complete failure of an Asian yeah. growing up. Because, and I don't think my parents agree with me on this, but I think when you realize like you're not, how do I phrase this? I don't want my kids to have a happy childhood. <laughs> Linus, what? <laughs> this is what happens when Rita's not here. Because I think the struggle is what refines you, you know? Like, me growing up as, like, my grandma only spoke Cantonese, I feel like that pushed me to become more, like, well-spoken in my native language because I felt like I wasn't good enough, you know? Yeah. Or, like, for example, when I was, like, my dad was, like, how are you bad at math? <laughs> like, I feel like that struggle helps refine you a little bit and it gives you at least a chip on your shoulder for your identity. And then, like... I don't know. I, I think in, like, the larger aspect of things, like, I, I just want my kids to, like, feel like they have something to work towards for their identity instead of, like, kind of just assuming things, like, and I don't know if that's kosher. Do, do you have opinions, Nathaniel? <laughs> so you're, you, you're saying you want to be a tiger parent, is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to be a tiger parent. I just want them to, like, work for their identity, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Work so I need some clarification. Oh, yeah. Are you saying you'd be like a really strict Asian dad who kind of wants them to fall into stereotypes, or like you want them to just pave their own path? Yeah. But what does it mean to work for your identity? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, this is going on a podcast. Why not let them play for their identity? Call for it. Play, play for the. Why not? Play, play for the identity. Yeah. <laughs> or is, well, was I going to say pay for their identity or play? I think play. I think okay. At least from what I understand about Simon, it, it would be more of like, you know, kids should be encouraged to explore and have fun and like, you know, figure out who they are with like their community and things like that. And to that, I say, Simon, I want to throw my kids out in the wilderness and make them survive for like two weeks by themselves. Literally? Right? <laughs> like, no, I like similar to like outdoor ed that we had when we were growing up. <laughs> like, I'm going to call Child Protective Services. Hold on. I don't even have a kid yet. <laughs> But, like, I think there is, like, some value of, like, your, 
like when I played a lot of video games growing up, I feel like I derived a lot of my identity by defining myself against what I saw on the internet, right? Versus like just kind of picking up what people expected my identity to be, right? Um, and I think there's like nuance to that where people are like, oh, like, you know, and this is actually what I was talking about Midwest Asian versus East Coast Asian versus like West Coast Asian is I think a lot of people watch like Wong Fu videos or Kev Jumbo videos mm. and like a lot of these like YouTube videos and they're like, oh, I guess this is my identity now. <laughs> like mm. this is what Asian America looks like and this is what it should be. And I'm like, I want my kid to like grow up, learn how to speak Cantonese, but not like just follow a trend of like, this is what expected out of all Asian Americans. So. so you want them to just like form their own identity while being an Asian. Exactly. Yeah. So what if your kid came to you and was like, hey, dad, I really want to be an artist when I grow up. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like a musician. <laughs> oh, Manisha, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> Did you want to be an artist or a musician? <laughs> I wanted to be a um, neurosurgeon, so I fell right into what I was supposed oh, to interesting. <laughs> a neurosurgeon. I also wanted to be a detective at one point, so like it kind of fluctuated. <laughs> interesting. I, what happened? <laughs> so you asking me that question would be interesting, because I think my opinion has shifted as like wealth has impacted my life like it's weird right because when i was in high school i feel like i had this impression that i needed to make money because like i could not provide for my kids or i don't know how to phrase that like my parents always reinforced that i needed to be self-sufficient right so it was like i need to end up with a tech job somehow because that's where the money's at but like as i get older i'm trying to realize like well i make enough money that i'll be fine for like the rest of my life type of thing Right, so I should be more. they paying you at Vistar. No, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna see the creation of a union right here. <laughs> yeah. Let me take a step back here and be more of the. <laughs> like I think working in tech, you just get so much like, like value out of like just being in the industry compared to like other careers. Like even in the Midwest, where like the average salary is like forty thousand dollars, it's just like night and day different i guess that's what i'm saying so if my kid came up to me and asked me i want to be an artist dad or i want to be like a musician or something like that i think on my end i would just encourage them to like almost like try it out or like you know try to like see how difficult it would be to even like have a career out of that at a young age right mm. where yeah. i'm very big fan of like go busk on like <laughs> go busk on the streets in new york or something you know like I'll, I will encourage you to do so, but I just want to see if you can make a living off of it. Yeah. Interesting. I, like, would hope that I'm that open-minded, but mm -hmm. I see myself being, like, a pretty strict parent. Oh, wow, and, really? Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I always said I'm not going to be, like, my parents or be a typical Asian parent. And I still don't think I am, like, very open-minded. But, like, when it comes to, like being concerned about their future and hoping they turn out like successful and disciplined and things like that i i feel like i mm. could see myself being a little strict there and mm. and and not that i would force them to do something like computer science but i would just be like have you really thought about this like mm. <laughs> interesting so, is so, mom oh sorry what was that Nathaniel? No, so i was gonna say so what, what what do you say when your kid comes to you and says uh like i want to be a i don't know musician or an artist or no 
it's a little <laughs> tough to say because also like this is gonna sound super selfish but i feel like our parents also kind of th thought this way where like you got to put your kid through like four years of school for whatever they want to do right and spend mm -hmm. like a lot of money on that and hope they turn out successful and it's just like to do that for like I don't know, music major or art major, it's like, I'd be putting a lot of hope on that. Mm. But I would want to, like, gauge their interests kind of, like, early on in life and at least get them involved in, like, hobbies to see if they could potentially turn out successful in it first. Okay. Maybe. So like, you want to do an artist, why not be a UI designer? <laughs> yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I would think more that way. Redirect them towards the <laughs> all roads lead <laughs> tech. UX design? <laughs> yeah. What about you, Nathaniel? Your kid shows up. He's like, or she. Okay. Hey. Dad. I, I don't know where to go with that. I I feel like you have different opinions, though, you know? Like, Rena actually majored, almost majored in art history, actually, in college. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there's, like, maybe, like, a certain... I think I'd be pretty open with what they want to do. Is Or, like, I, I feel like because I, maybe it's just because I was around a lot of people who are kind of getting like pushed very far in like the, I don't know, or like, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I've been around a lot of people who put pressure, a lot of pressure on themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think like I almost kind of correct in different other direction of like, I don't want them to put a lot of pressure on themselves. Mm -hmm. I guess there would be like a certain baseline of like making sure that they can be successful and like not be, you know, relying on me for money into their like past college um so i guess like that's the baseline and then beyond that i'd want them to be able to like be happy i guess i, I think all this being said like i don't know how much my thought process changed because like i guess i'm like imagining having a kid like you know like myself i guess or like <laughs> i guess i'm kind of like i don't know how much this changes if like i have a kid and then they, they're just like not motivated to do anything and like all they just want to do is like you know, like they're not motivated to work in school and this and that. Like, if I if I'm like in a place of like having to push push them, like I don't know if my mindset flips. Mm. But I think I'd want them first to be like happy first, I guess, and doing something that. Yeah. But then, like, also, like I think that includes like a baseline of like being able to provide for yeah. for themselves. But once it's like past a certain level, I guess I like wouldn't be too stressed. But I don't know. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to unlearn the stuff that we've learned growing up, too, because, like, I feel like our, our parents had this mindset of, like, they should be successful and, like, self-sufficient right out of college, right? You're, yeah, like, a yeah. old age of, like, 21, 22. And I feel like us growing up have realized that 21 and 22 is, like, very young and you don't uh, necessarily yeah. need to be self-sufficient yet. So, like, if your kid did want to attempt something that's huh. not, like... Mm you know conventionally successful maybe they would have the time to figure it out before actually needing to be sufficient at like 25 and above right yeah yeah so okay so you were like 30 minutes from home when you went to Rutgers right like was 15 it 15 okay oh, 15 oh, minutes oh, away from okay. home when you went to did, did you live at home or you live in the dorms or <laughs> I lived on campus I was like okay, okay. speaking as the only guy who went from a different state from his home <laughs> I think you're totally fine when you're 18 yeah. to just go somewhere, Mr. No, I, I kind of roasting you, but I know Nathaniel is also like 30 minutes away from home yeah, too. Yeah, I, I, I also lived on campus, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And like As living on campus, I think has its like own values, but like mm -hmm. maybe it's just me and I just want to like drop people in like new environments and see how they swim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is part of me that wishes I did that, right? But yeah, 
I, I mean, I like, you know, I could like very easily could have if I chose a different school, but yeah. yeah. Where would you have wanted to go ideally or like, where do you want to go in the future? Oh, uh, like school or like, or just, no, like in the, just like to live somewhere in the future since you didn't do it for college, maybe. Oh, I'm not sure I have a specific place. I'm just like not the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Actually, actually, uh, that's a new development. Well, I, oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how. Like, cat, cat actually, uh, cat's my partner. Um, cat, uh, top of her list for a while was actually uh, New York, <laughs> but yeah. but uh, I, I don't know if that's quite. Well, I mean, like, I think I might. I don't know if like I have a super strong. But I mean, I don't know. It would be it would just be interesting to experience something else, right? And that like somewhere ideally where like there's a lot to do. Where oh, you yeah. can still, like, Let me tell you about Minnesota, yeah. man. Let me <laughs> tell you. <laughs> I uh, yeah. it'll probably take all of thirty seconds. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you live in New Jersey. You don't even live in New York, oh, okay. miss. Oh, okay. I, I just assumed she was in New York. Okay. We have a shore. <laughs> we have a shore. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I, well, one thing I was going to ask Manisha was, um, or like how strict your parents were and like kind of like in what ways, because I mean, it sounds like you're alluding to that, but, or like kind of how yeah. that was for you growing up with, I guess, That's what, a question. stricter parents possible. Well, I, I don't know, but yeah. They're both kind of strict in different ways. Okay, and okay. I think my mom was the more like academically strict mm. and stressed one. Like to this okay. day, she blames me for her high blood pressure because she was <laughs> making shows. It's a joke though. Um, and my dad was more like strict in terms of like being protective over his little girl. And he was just like, you know, like don't stay out too late. Who are you going out with? Like these types of things. Uh, okay. um, but with my mom yeah it was like definitely her in terms of academics like i started studying for the sat in eighth grade and i didn't take it till 11th grade and by then oh. i had peaked um <laughs> i also remember like one time I, when i was in like fifth grade we had a spelling test and i got an f on it and i was so terrified of what the reaction would be I like ripped it up when i came home threw it huh? in a little baggie and i hid it under my bed i was stupid oh. i didn't put it in the trash but like <laughs> And and I and yeah, it was like a little bit terrifying to like do anything yeah. worse than like a B on a test, you know. So you hear yeah. me failing all my classes, you're just laughing. Yeah. Well, so at at the time, would you say like you resented your parents, and has your attitude looking back on it changed on how you were? See, I don't know what I would have turned out like if they okay, weren't okay. that strict, and I don't like to give them that credit though because. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I agree, though. You know, you fight for your own identity, right? So. Yeah. Like, she'll be like, oh, if I didn't push you as hard as I did, like, you probably wouldn't have done as well and things like that. And I'm like, you know what? I hate that you might have been right. Because I was, there was a point, I feel like there's a point in which, like, you can fake it through life and, like, mm-hmm. kind of just work on natural smarts, right? Like, mm-hmm. elementary school, middle school, high school, you'll get through if you're, like, naturally a pretty smart person. And I feel like that's what happened. But then, like... I also could have done uh, much better, and I, I feel like I did as well as I did because of the okay. level it pushed me to, uh, especially with, like, SATs and things like that. Okay. Because um, in college, like, without anyone really pushing me and me just doing it on my own, I didn't do as well as I wanted to, for sure. Ah, okay, okay. And then by then, they also became very lenient, because they were kind of just oh, okay, like, okay. we'll let you handle this, just okay. pass, just get a job. They're just like, she made it to college. <laughs> she where- made it to <laughs> yeah. college, yeah yeah okay huh. and are, are your parents uh immigrants or like second gen or yes 
immigrants. Okay. I'm first okay, gen. Okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's interesting because I, I guess compared to, because like, I'd say my parents were actually like relatively lax growing up, but I guess Ooh. like, well, and also that's my mom being first, I, I don't know, 1.5 or like moving here when she was six. So I don't know if that's Math second so generation. Wow. And then my dad being like fourth generation from Hawaii, right? Um, so, that definitely plays a part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I actually kind of don't have like the, when people kind of like, you know, assume the picture of an Asian parent, I guess my parents are very, a little bit different from that. But like, you know, they still had very high expectations, I guess. And like, if I, you know, maybe was not as good of a student growing up, maybe they would have been a lot stricter. But, but uh, hmm. yeah, but I guess where like, I have a, I think like I, I had more of like a, them not being as strict, but then like kind of just having high expectations and yeah, sort of thing. Do you feel like, I guess, like, their laxness or the freedom they gave you, like, made you want to do better on your own? Like, do you feel like if they were strict and stuff, you would have been more of, like, nah, I, like, I'm gonna do my own thing? Yeah, no, I, I guess it was kind of just, like, maybe just more of, like, an implicit sort of expectation. And I guess, like, I was the type of kid to just go along with that and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, motivated enough to do this on my own. And, like, you know, like, my, my mom did some stuff, like, you know, made us do, like, like, worksheets and stuff over the summer and all that but but like Kumon? not like uh no not not kumon but uh but i had a lot of friends in kumon and i was like that doesn't sound very fun but <laughs> it was not uh, you did okay. kumon? oh my god i started kumon at the age of three uh um, oh, oh man okay okay and i did it till middle uh, school yeah. I, I also have an interesting this, this is a little bit sus so if you report me to hr that's totally fine um oh. i have a question about east asians versus like um, I guess how do I phrase this? So Indians versus uh, like Chinese Asians and things like that. Yeah. So I guess your experience at Kumon was it largely a bunch of like Indian Americans or was it actually a bunch of like Chinese Americans or it was like mix of everyone? Yeah. Um, I grew up in an area in New Jersey that's very predominantly Asian, and it's uh -huh. like quite a fair mix of like your South Asians, but also uh -huh. East Asians. And the Kumon I went to was actually run by like a Chinese family. Uh -huh. um, and Kumon's then Kumon's a, a Korean people... company, is that right? I, I forget. I, I, that's what I heard somewhere. I think it is, but it's yeah. kind okay. of absorbed into the Asian identity. Asian American diaspora. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's like relatively disparate, right? Like you had like a bunch of like samplings of Asian culture where you were growing up. Yeah. Is what you would say. It makes me wonder, like, if you went to a more white city or town, did they even have as many Kumans? And, like, were the attendees mostly white people? Like, or is Kumon predominantly, like, an Asian thing in general? My impression is, like, predominantly an East Asian thing in the Bay Area. Mm. But that being said, like, I could be completely wrong. Because mm. San Jose has a bunch. Fremont and San Jose have a bunch of, like, South Asians and, like... See, this is where I mix up because I go Indian and then I just go Asian. <laughs> Asian is Indian. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of that. Okay, that's interesting. So, I guess my other question is: I talked about like Wong Fu or Kev Jumba, right? Like mm. these were YouTube stars back then. Like, were there any like YouTubers that you watched growing up that were like you were really into, and you're like, this is my identity? So don't. Or did you not even watch YouTube? No, I watched YouTube for sure, and I, I miss it. I miss that era. But oh, like, yeah. I feel like my identity never really fit into YouTuber personalities uh, as uh, like a queer Indian person. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, there weren't a ton of like 
you know, queer YouTubers as well as like Indian YouTubers. And so I never was really able to like build my identity that way as a South Asian. Like nowadays it's like more popular and coming out, but like I would watch like East Asian YouTubers, like, you know, Ryan Higa, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Like he was a big one that I watched. Was, OG. You know, it was all down It's like oh, how yeah. to be emo and then. Oh, yeah. No. Like how to. Like, he had so many good ones. And then he started yeah. getting this Korean vibe, and he was, like, going crazy. <laughs> he, like, did his yeah. Korean dancing and all those, like, other exactly. things. Yeah. But, like, I used to watch him a lot, and, like, a lot of my school did, because we were so, like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of Asian people. And and I feel like I found myself just adapting to the way that he kind of, like, acted in the videos and stuff, because a lot oh, yeah. of my, like, mates would adapt that kind of humor and stuff. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of like going with the flow of what people found popular at the time. Okay. So the reason why I asked that was because I was like, and this is where I'm so wrong, so maybe I need to have Christine come on the podcast someday so she can tell me why I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> she She's my, she's a friend in the Midwest, right? So we were talking about Asian American identity in the Midwest versus <laughs> East Coast versus West Coast. And I've been like trying to ref, like figure out like what the like what those lines look like and i'm starting to like come to the conclusion that it's just blurry all across the continental united states mm-hmm. um i actually feel that west coast asians are very different than east coast asians oh what what makes yeah. you say that <laughs> so i talked to like my cousin who lives on the west coast about this all the time and like she grew up in an area that's like very much like korean and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I feel like the the Asian population that I grew up with here on the East Coast was more like your kind of stereotypical Asian population, where it's like mm-hmm. people who really like to, you know, study and do well, or like everyone's like an engineer and things like that, or like really strict families and like, um, yeah, mm-hmm. international, things like that. But then like the Asians that she's familiar with on the West Coast are like very like whitewashed <laughs> mm. interesting and they're okay. very into like korean culture like k-pop things like that and i just don't feel like i've met as many people like that here okay wow this is really funny well, because wait. i described it completely <laughs> opposite <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, no it's interesting that uh you say like very into korean culture right after saying very whitewashed it's that is hmm yeah and i don't know how to explain that i guess like I mean, I guess you could be both, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it depends yeah. on the way that you appreciate the yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are these Asians that, like, grew up around all white people or, or Asians that grew up around... Because I feel like that's one of the biggest factors. Like, did you grow up around a lot of other Asians or were you, like... Because, like, I don't know, the people that I know that were, like, the only Asian and or, like, one of the only Asians, I guess, have very different childhood stories for me and, you know, Asian-American identities. Mm. Yeah. Whereas I think we're both, you know mostly asians around us you know see that was my story is we had the token white hispanic people but yeah Yeah. (laughs) we didn't have the token asian we had the token white friend (laughs) growing up you both grew up on the west coast right Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah so what was that like i mean i so the reason why i'm like so pushing for like my kid needs to develop his own identity is because i feel like like when i grew up we went to like a very like multicultural church as well as we went to a very mm-hmm. multicultural school right <laughs> so like we at least from my perspective at least i didn't have to like 
do a lot of the things that every Asian does, right? It was only until high school I started realizing there was, like, this general trend of, like, like, I don't know, like, being good at math or something like that. So in my middle school and growing up, I feel like I was able to, like, kind of form my, like, core identity there and then go from there. But I don't, I don't know. Did you like MCS, Nathaniel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it was, MCS is our elementary slash middle yeah. school, which was, like, gotcha. it, actually, it was interesting because it was, like, the student body was probably 80, 90% Asians, and then, like, all the teachers were white ladies. <laughs> See, that's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> it was, it was interesting dynamic. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I always, I, yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, good memories, I guess, you know, like, I don't... <laughs> but they were also kind of racist. Not racist, but they, like, yeah? didn't know what they were saying in some ways. Okay. Oh, yeah, you would expect that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, it was just very... I, yeah, so my point that I made to a lot of my friends in the Midwest is, like, growing up in California, I did not feel like I had to fight for my identity, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that might be a more common thing in the Midwest or possibly in the uh-huh. East Coast. But, yeah. apparently... Yeah. Did you fight feel like for your identity in what way? Like, I didn't feel like people would ostracize me for, like, what I brought to lunch to school mm-hmm. or something yeah, like yeah. that. Because I feel like that that's a common... Sense like yeah that a lot of asian american podcasts talk about and i was like i never had to deal with that problem like interesting because i i felt like i dealt with that a lot in like elementary and middle school because like i wasn't the type of person who like bought lunch every day because i'm also like vegetarian and it was just harder back in the day to have options Mm -hmm. so like my mom would pack like indian food a lot and i would get to the lunch table and be really self-conscious of like how strong is the smell gonna be like are people gonna ask me questions like you know things like that and and they did back in the day because no one was like you know so aware yet as an elementary schooler um but that's interesting to know that didn't really exist everywhere. Yeah, interesting. Well, well and then how, how, like, what, white or Asian was the area that you grew up? Or? Mine was, like, let's say, like, 70% Indian. Okay. And then the rest were, like, Asians, white, and, um, like, black people. Okay. Interesting. Oh, but, yeah. but you, you still got people laughing at your lunch, I guess? With... It, so it's very interesting to be, like an indian person because i feel like nobody craps more on our culture than our own people okay so so the people laughing at you were other indian people is that to an extent oh interesting okay okay. gotcha sometimes it was like non-indian people but sometimes like indian people being like oh why would you bring you know like just because it makes them seem a little cooler Oh, interesting i will say you can't be pretty vicious even in your own social circles like yeah i i get that like some like kids are like you should be better at math even though it's like an asian guy telling me that right (laughs) or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah like for a while it was just like lack of empathy for what Uh we've all gone through and kind of just like trying to one-up each other and look better Hmm. it's interesting this is weird Not, not like this is good but I didn't expect us to talk so deep about the Asian American identity of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. This is the... I feel like it's called Asian ass. We don't talk Ethnic about studies it. class right here. I know. Well, it's <laughs> that, that's funny. You, when we started this podcast like three years ago or four years ago, that was like more of the main thrust oh, okay. of like, mm. like good Asian, bad Asian. Like, what is your uh, identity? And like, how are you growing up? And then we kind of just shifted to like. <laughs> Like, I'm just inviting my coworkers on. So I it's a breath of fresh air. Because I've been talking yeah, about yeah. this with my friends, too. 
Yeah. Like, Wayside Wombat talks about how his high school is predominantly Asian. And then... Or his elementary was Asian, high school is predominantly Asian. Mm. And he, like, didn't feel like he had anti-Asian racism growing up. So... Interesting. And then Mm. Simon mentions, like, do you identify more as an Asian by your... Or by your interests? I don't think my kids want to identify... I don't want my kids to identify by race first. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if they did, they would be farther apart because he's a different race than them. So mm-hmm. if you're like half a half Asian, uh-huh. half white, oh yeah, white. yeah, and you're like pretty, yeah, Asian. I don't know. I, I guess a lot of that depends on where you grew up, right? Because it's like for the Asian kid who grew up in an all white school, like they don't. It's not like they get to choose how much they identify by like their race, right? Like yeah. they just right. But then I, I think like maybe we have a little, or or at least for us growing up, we have like maybe a little bit more leeway with that because we're growing up with a lot of other Asians, or you know, I, I think I remember um, in high school at least there was like the very you know, there's like a, my high school was probably what, I don't know, 60% white, give or take. I mean, I, I think it's a lot more Asian now, but like, I remember like there was like, you know, the very like stereotypical Asian crowd of like mm. kid, kids in math club and robotics club and all that. But then like, I remember there was this like interesting th- vibe that I kind of saw with my like sisters of like, kind of like, oh, like I don't want to like hang out with like those Asians. I want to be like mm. the cool Asians on the soccer, like on the soccer team and like hang out with all my white friends and yeah. I mean, like, it's not an explicit thing, yeah. right? Like, they're not... But, like, there's, like, a bit of that, like, vibe of, like, you know, like, I don't want to, like, be with the more Asian Asians versus, like, the cool Asians who <laughs> do other things, right? I don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, the cool do you guys... now, because we have a podcast. Which, which is us. <laughs> Next time we're going to call this podcast Cool Asian Hour. <laughs> Get me now, I, I don't know. I mean, we, 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 we don't even talk about cryptocurrency or, or NFTs oh. on this one, you know, I don't... If also, we talk about that, this would be like a two-minute podcast because I know nothing about it. <laughs> well, you got away with some good stuff then because if you got involved in it, you would be down a lot of money. <laughs> there you go. So you just avoid it altogether. Yeah. Oh, what's the drum with... Oh, okay. Someone's asked, talking about Lowell High in San Francisco. Okay, I, I know that... I know what... That's like a very like high-achieving, mostly Asian high school in San Fran. Mm. So yeah, yeah, but I don't know what the context is. I could be wrong here, but... They've. I think three years ago they got rid of merit-based admission, where previously oh, you had and, to test oh, and to then, get into Lowell, and then and they then, just got yeah. it back. Like they they voted five to four to like reinstate merit-based admission. Mm-hmm. So the idea was like pretty much it was like ninety eight percent Asian at Lowell, and mm-hmm. then yeah, because yeah. they got rid of it, it like started shifting more, and then they just voted it back in. So I think that mm-hmm. was the drama. I I'm not one hundred percent like informed yeah. on that though. So. Okay. That was kind of interesting. We are at yeah. an hour and ten minutes now, so wow. you know this is this is where <laughs> you, had, you, you only had a couple sips of the white claw. I know this is where a couple <laughs> sips of the white claw. Time this whole time, actually. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally down to keep on talking about this, but I also wanted to leave you an opportunity, Manisha. If you had anything you wanted to bring up, you know, anything you want to shout out on the podcast. Well. Yes, and uh-huh. I might put you on the spot here. Hey, feel um, free. Okay, you told me to ask about your dating life <laughs> and social awareness post college. So oh I my hear- gosh! <laughs> social awareness post college. Oh and my gosh! What that even means, but yeah, total shift of topic now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I did set myself up for that, but I know we talked a little bit about like dating in general, <laughs> and training, but not too much. <laughs> Well, one of the good things is that Rena's not here. Oh. Okay, 
let me tell you about my dating life, okay? When I went to college, the church that I went to did not allow dating at all, okay? So it was, like, actually, like, hardcore, like, we don't want you to date until you graduated from college. So I was there, and I am some hot stuff, okay? Because, I mean, I'm some hot stuff, right? So after high school... Yeah. (laughs) After high school, I show up, and I'm like, I'm going to go to Minnesota. I'm going to make it, like, a big, like, big scene because I'm, you know west coast asian and like i'm cool like that and then i realized i was gonna live a monastic lifestyle for the next four years so that was like kind of the era of like when i was on tinder it's like right after i finished college it was like the era of like being on tinder or like more dating apps so i remember (laughs) what happened is i moved back to california to start my job and I roped all my friends into my like my dating escapades, where we had a Slack channel dedicated to <laughs> my dating career. Oh yeah, it was called the Linus Girlfriend Committee. No way. Yeah, that's and, hilarious. In large part, it was just me going to the Slack channel on a date and being like, "Help! She's not talking that much. What should I do?" And Nathaniel posted in response, "Maybe you should ask her about herself." <laughs> Would you just like, sit in silence on these dates? Well, I was the one talking. She would be sitting in silence. Yeah, or like the way Linus was wording it, it was like, I keep telling her stories, but she's not she's not saying that much. <laughs> so that was part of it, right? And I think it was interesting, too, because, like, I, like, approached dating when I was, like, post-college with a very, like, I'm going to be on the dating apps and try to figure out if I can find someone, right? But, like... It's not easy being on the dating apps. No. I feel like you have to turn your personality up, like, to 11, even though you're not mm-hmm. necessarily that. And then you start yeah. realizing people don't like you because of your personality, and then you're like, well, this is tragic. It is exhausting trying to find the perfect way to be on a dating app. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, so that was a little bit about my post-college career. But also more about, like, the social way I, like, interacted is when mm-hmm. I went back to... When I graduated from college, I was, like, part of, like, a very concrete church. And then I kind of, like, stopped going to that church. And I was kind of more, like, exploring my boundaries and doing whatever. Um, And I think that is also a lot of, like, crucial parts where I, like, found my identity more and more. So, for example, like, I dated a white girl. And we did long distance. And, like, she was, like, invited to go to my brother's wedding, right? And, like, (laughs) we broke up like two days before so i brought nathaniel as my plus one instead <laughs> um, coming over nathaniel's for life good yeah. times no i mean like nathaniel has been my best friend for like growing up right like we yeah we were like a part of this crew of like andy nathaniel and linus where like we were this core group and then we like grew it out as mission trips and things like that so yeah it, it's nice having that community when you move back but also, I was trying to figure out, like, my place working and, like, figuring out things like that, too. And, like, I even, like, had difficulty figuring out if I was, like, a good enough liberal to live in California after my experience mm-hmm. of, like, going to Minnesota and having friends that voted for Trump. That's like, weird. yeah. It, it was kind of, like, weird, right? And I think that was, like, pretty informative to my, like, life growing up. So, I, I don't really have a point to that outside of, like, it, it was fun, you know? <laughs> So that, that was me, my dating life. I do have other stories, but we'll save that for another podcast, yeah. Misha. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, wait, you did meet your partner off of... Uh, I did meet Coffee that, Mates right? Bagel. Yeah. Coffee Mates Bagel. I've heard people podcast. have success with that. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. The tragedy, and hopefully she never listens to this, is she very much remembers the first line that I used on her, which I said, I think you're as cute as a button. But I think I used that line for a lot of people. <laughs> Wait, that was your opener? You were just like, I think you're as cute as a button. That was my opener. What was her response? I don't remember. Yeah. Sometimes we download it every now and then to look at her history, but... Okay, please don't tell her that. She's gonna. I'm gonna say she's a real one for responding to that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like these days, like nice lines don't really fly anymore. It's so sad. Wait, what's your opener, Manisha? I'm not on the apps. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Well, you were talking. Uh, you, you were talking about it like you you had experience. I I had experience, but okay. like, honestly, it's it's different when you're like also dating women um because it's just more like hey there you're so pretty or like hey how's your week going and like they do respond to those types of things where mm. i feel like almost men have a different pressure on them to like yeah. be really clever with their opening lines and uh, stuff uh which yeah. are you saying cute as a button's not clever <laughs> Not a uh, supply and demand uh, differential. <laughs> See, Josh right here is saying, what's wrong with you're as cute as a button? Alicia thinks cute as a button is endearing for Linus. Cute as a button is adorable. I just feel like, generally, mm-hmm. it doesn't give off like those bad boy vibes that girls are looking. Okay, okay. I can be stereotyping. No, that's fair, though. Like, I... To be like, to be frank though, Rita's not looking for, her. or maybe she is. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm reconsidering a three-year-long relationship. Maybe I need to be more of a bad boy when she comes back. Three years, nice. Yeah. See, the, and... the trick is you gotta um just like uh do coding assignments with them for two years. Oh. Then, uh, no. <laughs> is that how that works, Nathaniel? <laughs> is that what you did? That, that's my move. <laughs> Oh, so did you meet uh, your yeah. girlfriend in yeah college? in college? Yeah, yeah. That's She's nice. also a computer science person um, who who makes a lot more money than me. But you know, that's it must have been easy it. finding a girl when there's so few in computer science. Right? No I'm kidding. <laughs> actually, I had a weird friend group in that. Well, actually, well, well, firstly, Stanford's computer science department is much more gender balanced than most, which which is like mm. what thirty percent women. Oh, I don't pretty, know. Pretty solid. Uh, yeah, which is sad that that's like a uh, pretty good, but um, yeah. well, so yeah, that's what well, and, then, and then also like You're my friend group. Be. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> your job is actively working to fix that, right? Oh, well, maybe not well. as much now because now it's well, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, anyways, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so thirty yeah, percent. Then also my email. my friend group. Uh, I guess I was just kind of had anomaly of a friend group where like. It was just uh, a lot of female CS people. Yeah, that's awesome. Got it. Yeah, they were all way smarter than me. <laughs> oh man, someone's got to be the smarter one in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, you you got people to <laughs> to carry you along in the piece sets, right? <laughs> that's awesome, though. I'm kind of kind of jealous. I always wish that I would have met somebody like organically because these mm-hmm. apps are a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And the more you go on apps, it's just like turning into this like if they're the right person they will just come knocking on my door otherwise mm-hmm. i'm over <laughs> yeah yeah wait so are you actively dating right now or still like on the or just kind of like eh, like if something happens it happens 
No, I feel like I'm giving myself like a very decent break. I have spent like my entire life growing up just like liking people and like Mm -hmm. wanting to be in a relationship. And then like COVID kind of hit and you had to really learn to like be alone and didn't really have so much of an opportunity to like date and stuff because they might give you COVID. Um, And so I just found a lot of peace in that time. And in, in that time, like I did attempt to go on dating apps and I like talked to two or three people for like long periods of time Mm -hmm. and it was just that same old story of like Mm -hmm. it runs dry you get ghosted whatever or you do the ghosting and (laughs) (laughs) and he just ultimately like i was just like you know this piece is kind of nice right now you know so i haven't really been on apps for like almost a year okay yeah i do hear but that also makes me a bad asian in my parents eyes (laughs) (laughs) oh that's interesting too I hear the trick now is just supposed to manifest your significant other through TikTok, where you just like post a picture of yourself and be like, hi, this is me. I'm looking for this. And someone just slides into your DM on TikTok. Well, Linus had a great conversation with me when he first downloaded TikTok. He's like, yeah, I don't know what the, all the mixed is. It's just all uh, thirst traps and people talking about cryptocurrency. And then I'm like, like, Linus, there's something called an algorithm that, that tailors it to you. you know i've actually been like so there's like this interesting it's funny because it's so meta but there was an interesting tiktok talking about the uh the deification of the algorithm and this was like really outlandish where it's like this idea where the algorithm knows you better than you know yourself or the Uh. way you describe yourself to other people right and a lot of people are starting to like give up and just like decide that the algorithm knows who they are versus like so they're like i guess i like this like this is like what i'm being told this is my interests yeah and like i did see some skit that was kind of like like the if the algorithm's a person or like like you like seeing uh like thirst traps like no i don't i want to see other stuff like but you watch these videos longer and like here's more and they're like no no yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like it's even like these ideas of like and this is actually a little bit more tangential. Um, and we can leave soon. Don't worry. I'm not going to keep you up too late. And bedtime's like 2 a.m., so it's fun. <laughs> I feel like that's also an East Coast thing. <laughs> um, where there's a lot of, like, how-to or self-help stuff on TikTok. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there's a lot of people who are like, this is my lifestyle, and I, like, did this, and this is how mm. I managed to, like, make my life so awesome right and I feel, hmm? like lifestyle influencers right yeah exactly like i wake yeah. up at 6 a.m i go to the gym and then after 8 a.m i look like this and then i work for six hours and then i look like this or whatever right yeah. i like the ones you sent me linus where it's just like the, these like these like people showing like how like automated and, and cute their homes are where it's yeah. like see <laughs> Those are the lifestyle ones I like. <laughs> Home stuff is always nice. Yeah, For yeah. the record, that's a Patreon subscription. If you subscribe, I will send you the TikToks that I find interesting. <laughs> no, we don't even have a Patreon. Um, the point that I was going to make with that, though, is I think there's like an interesting social contagion going on where people are starting to mirror their lifestyles based off what they see on the internet. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. I've been watching this kid named Ryan Trahan on YouTube. He's like, I have 30 days to find Mr. Beast with one penny, and I'm going to like figure out my life that way, right? <laughs> and he's this golden retriever white boy where he has like this energy of like... 
like he wants to like go out and sell food on the streets like you know i have water bottles and i'm going to sell them to people who are thirsty right or like i don't know he doesn't eat vegetables right he's like i don't eat vegetables all i do is go to chipotle and i eat like beans meat and tortilla right and things like that and (laughs) the main premise of what i'm going for this is like i feel a lot of people like see themselves in that guy that they see on the internet right they see themselves in that youtuber they see themselves in like tiktok and then they try mirroring their lifestyles to them and i feel like that's kind of dangerous because and this is like the feedback that i've heard is like these influencers that post about their lives their lives actually aren't that great like it's a very like encapsulated snapshot oh, yeah, yeah. right that's like what social media is right like, it's literally yeah. a snippet of when you were happy during the day or something like that like i know i've posted instagram stories of like places i've been to and stuff that looked really cool but it didn't mean i was actually having like a good time mm-hmm. and people would be like oh i'm so so jealous like you got to go there and i'm like yeah it was like all right yeah. and they're like it's so fun and i'm like i just posted a picture of like a place like mm-hmm. um but i feel like also especially just like post pandemic and stuff like these influencers have a lot of influence because people are like looking to get back into like mm-hmm. being a certain way socially or like productive and things like that and, and they really try hard to like match those lifestyles but oh, it is yeah. dangerous now let's get really meta about it and maybe the people that are watching our podcast you nine individuals that are currently watching live are you jealous of our lifestyle because <laughs> let me tell you i'm drinking and i'm all alone other, right now <laughs> nine nine other podcasts starting soon <laughs> josh is definitely <laughs> oh my gosh no. <laughs> no alpha energy from you linus with this yeah <laughs> I don't know, I would take this any day over, like, that fancy look. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I I, do think that, like, it's taken time, but I've started to, like, understand what makes me happier. Mm. Or at least, like, I don't know how to phrase this better, but, like, Rena and I were actually talking about this recently, but, like, I feel like we're starting to hit the age where we look back at our parents and like see them as people versus like seeing them as like make them happy makes me happy or like you know doing what's right in their eyes is like what is good um Mm -hmm. so she's like at this big family reunion right now and like they're just chatting about it because it's like interesting seeing all like the uncles and aunties interact now after we've like been in our careers for a while and like realizing oh they have their own like idiosyncrasies Mm -hmm. so i i I don't know i i I think it's like i do have nine nine more followers and you're right all my value in social media is based off how many followers i have how i value my life so yeah to your point i think it's interesting like trying to figure out one our identity and then figuring out two like how we like perceive ourselves based off social media versus like non-social media right because i have friends that don't have any social media and kind of are lonely too right so mm-hmm. i don't think quitting social media is the fix either no because things are like all around you i mean do you guys feel like i don't know if you have instagram and stuff but like do you feel fomo when you see like people having really fun lives and things like that well nathaniel's been posting on instagram stories <laughs> more lately <laughs> I, don't know. I think i have a different well 
like I kind of purposely avoid social media a little bit, mm-hmm. but then I think lately I've been getting on. I think lately I've started to have fun using Instagram stories more more than before because I think I've found it as a fun way to keep up with like mm-hmm. or like when I have friends that I actually hang out with, not just like random people that I knew like three plus years ago, like posting regularly on their stories. I feel like it's actually a nice tool for keeping up with people. And hence, like also like posting stories as like, like, oh, hey, like I was just there, like, like leading as a way to connect with people. Yeah. So I, I've actually enjoyed that element of it, which I like, I was never really want someone who posted much on social media before. Um, but I think I still like, like I have like apps installed on my computer that block my Facebook feed. And stuff like that um mm. and like purposely don't have the apps on my phone um just like as a attention suck i guess so yeah yeah i don't know so i i usually try to avoid it a little bit for my own both for my own like peace of mind and just like having <laughs> being able to like i don't know have less brain fog but but i think lately i've started to enjoy like kind of dipping back into it again just to as a way to keep up with people yeah, yeah. I I think like I have all the forms of social media pretty much except for Snapchat. I can't deal with that anymore. Um yeah. but like I only really care to use the platforms if I'm like keeping in touch with people. So yeah. I use it as more of like a chat platform or like here's a story from what I did in my day and you can reply to it if you want yeah. to. But I also care deeply only about a very small subset of people Mm -hmm. so like if it's people i don't really you know care about i'm not gonna feel anything viewing their lives on social media and stuff i also think like our generation just just miss that mark of like growing up with social media Mm -hmm. so we definitely have like a nice balance of being able to like spend time on it but also Mm -hmm. take time away from it whereas like the younger generation these days like they literally grew up with it right so i feel like they're a lot more heavily influenced yeah by tiktok and instagram yeah, I, I do. Linus and I were reminiscing earlier about like the golden ages of Facebook, where like I, I, we were even I, on an episode on this. We were actually like even just like I found that we were like playing, we're like going through like you know when you go through like your friends' timelines from I don't know two thousand or so. Oh yeah, but we were like you know like the golden ages of Facebook back when like you're just like post status like just got back home from school, lol, and like that was just like you know something people posted right. I like poking. That was fun. You oh, yeah, poke poking. Yeah, on yeah. The wall. There's no concept of that on Instagram anymore, you know? <laughs> it's not like... But to me, those were, that was the golden age of, of uh, social media, in my opinion, where, you know, you just. Oh, yeah. Like, no, when you no one post... really knows what they're doing. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> you post, like, the most embarrassing, like, pictures of yourself, but no one really cared. And there were no such yeah. things as, like, filters and things like that. It was just like, yeah, I look stupid here now. Let's have a comment thread. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like my friends and I will still bring those pictures back from 10 years ago to this day and be like, you looked hideous. And we'll just talk about it. <laughs> Your yeah. friends are kind of savage. <laughs> I didn't do myself any favors back then. That is yeah, funny. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that speaks to like the, al- what the, cause like, I feel like back then the algorithms weren't so fine tuned to mm-hmm. like, cause now it's kind of like fine tuned to squeeze every inch out of like your attention mm-hmm. and like, you know, like, oh, like, yeah. promote these posts, don't promote these posts, this will keep you on the app longer. Whereas back yeah. then, it was just, like, a new thing where, like, no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. And it was the only thing, right? Like, I, it was just mm-hmm. Facebook. I don't think there was, like, Instagram and Snapchat and stuff like that. Then. Well, the, the other part was staying up to, like, 2 or 3 a.m. on, like, Google Talk with my... my that, that was my other... Manisha, other, you uh, missed out on the nascent 
the, the beginning, the earliest stage of a social network, which is what we call the gaggle at our, at our school. <laughs> oh my god. And gaggle <laughs> is essentially Gmail, but only for school, and there are chat rooms that you could have. <laughs> and we got the word ninja banned from our chat rooms <laughs> because we were spamming it too much, and Mrs. Maine did not Mrs. like Maine. that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. And then it got banned after they started spilling ninja with the one. Exactly. Classic. Classic. Did you guys like use AIM and stuff growing up? So I like did AOL use AIM, but well, that was in high school, not in middle school. Yeah, I, I didn't. We used Google Talk instead. But yeah. okay, we used it heavy in middle school, and it oh, was yeah. just like this thing of like coming up with the most ridiculous nicknames and like avatars you could use for your profile and stuff, and just like getting home from school and messaging your friends all night oh it's like it was yeah. really fun yeah. i was part of an aim group called azn pride which i didn't even realize oh the the AZ, yeah the AZ, i i didn't know like azn was like an era or like a movement until like the what well, i hear yeah. like the fun bros and other people talking about it now <laughs> but like looking back i didn't realize it was just a bunch of asian people just like shit talking <laughs> i was like oh cool i got invited to a chat group yeah yeah so that was a good. I that. I have that one friend who's like still to this day uses the email address like crazyazn like four eight five six. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if he gives it to like coworkers and stuff too, but you know, I don't know. Like, the like old men. emails were so embarrassing. Did you have one? Did you? Yeah. Like, were you xxx I... like? Okay. No, I was no. not xoxo gossip girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good times. I had one that was like crazy for sports 1995 and the it was spelled with a K so it was like crazy and then the lumber four mm. and I had another one that was like happy beast 95 oh, and I don't know nice. what these but see mine is Linux bow. I still use it for to this day by the way <laughs> because it was Linus but we put an X because it sounded cool and it was B-O-I at the end because you know you had used to do area of boy but we took out the eye <laughs> and then i also Wait, still I, use... never... Huh? I never realized it spelled linux <laughs> linux wait what i kept reading it as like linux line oh, yeah <laughs> linux bow <laughs> and then my other ign is soy sauce chugger <laughs> oh no <laughs> which i guess says something i don't know what but it says something soy sauce chugger yeah soy sauce chugger Yo, I have, like, a story about that. <laughs> um, okay, so this I, has to be the I, last story, because I am calling it soon. <laughs> oh. really story. But speaking of, like, chugging soy sauce, I went to this, like, uh, Chinese restaurant once, and there was soy sauce on the table, and I was, like, a kid. Oh, and yeah. I thought it was Coke. And I just drank oh, it. And then I was like, that is so salty. Did you drink all of it, or you, like, drank like, a little bit? Like, of after it? it touched your tongue, did you it. keep... Like, okay, okay. You, oh, you went back for Okay, so you went back for it. Okay. The origin of the story comes from when we pranked my dad, where he, like, mm -hmm. plays basketball and we poured soy sauce in his bottle of Coke instead of actual Coke. So it's funny because both our stories are relatively similar. Coke and soy sauce, right yeah. up there. All right. Also, so, you, you know what I've been looking up at as we've been speaking, Linus, is um, our old uh, Google Talk chats. Oh, so I'm, oh my gosh. I haven't found anything too juicy yet, but oh man. these are just I mean, very random. Like, let I me just tell you about time. middle school romance. Let me tell you about <laughs> Okay, Nathaniel, is there anything you want to shout out before I call this a podcast? Because uh, it is an hour and 34. Uh, 
Damn, yeah. Helen, if you're still watching, I almost broke your record. Oh, oh yeah, you, you didn't. You you got close, but you didn't quite make it. Why <laughs> so we are, we have conclusive evidence on who's the cooler. No, that is not how that. I just want to make sure people see. Actually, no, she still has a chance. See, we can we can we can drag this out. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to get both of us on here together next time. By the oh, way. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you try out the boba tea? Did you have the fang? I did, and it was like different than any other boba I've had before. Like a good different or bad different? Because it sounds. Wait, is this like your different. boba, Linus, or is it interesting different? Okay. Um, Wait, is this so your? I, I, I ordered boba. boba for her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The boba, but it was like very natural. So like, I got zero percent sugar, right? And uh -huh. typically, oh. when I do that at other boba places. It's still sweet, mm. and this one was like straight up no sweet. Tasted like green tea, and they use like actual fruit in it. So like. There were pieces of passion fruit as opposed to flavoring of passion fruit. Mm. And it was like tangy because of that. It was like kind of sour. So I was just like, whoa. I <laughs> this is so holistic. This is so natural. No, that was like a very like vivid description. Mm -hmm. Wait, well, wait, where'd you go, Linus? Ephod. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Actually, that makes that track. I actually never tried that place. So thanks for. Yeah. I tried my pleasure. Yeah. Ephod solid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Nathaniel, anything you wanted to shout out outside of our old um, high school chats? Uh, what's the name? What's that name for like what they put in cough syrup? syrup? Like acetaminophen or acetaminophen? Acetaminophen, yeah. That, shout out shout to acetaminophen <laughs> for getting me through last week. Oh, yeah. That might be my best one tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, I'll make sure to. Our hopes and prayers go with you to boost your shot. So I'm glad you better. Okay. Second booster, fourth dose, yeah. Wow. Well, oh. all my friends have been getting COVID lately, so they scared me into getting like the, oh, really? the uh, Yeah, I, I was like, have you never had COVID? Knock on wood, no. Oh, <laughs> that was me until last week. I know that was Nathaniel. He was. That so was proud. most of my. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm gonna... question, oh, yes. sorry. What was that? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I'm I'm gonna turn it off, so you better. Say she, she really, she really, she's just like, just ten more minutes. <laughs> this was fun. Um, but when does this go up on Spotify? Uh, ooh, that's fun. I mean, well, it can go up tomorrow Spotify? if you want. We are on Spotify. Are you oh. gonna share it? Yeah, a couple of my friends wanted to. Listen oh, let's to go. Okay, I uh, yeah, it'll go up on Spotify tomorrow. That's, I was like, that's, that's, that's why we here. have guests. It's really just for marketing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I knew that. Okay. For the guests, all their friends. Uh, what am I going to shout out? I'm going to shout out... I'm going to shout out my Valorant team. So... <laughs> <laughs> Nate? White Nate? Because, by the way, we call him White Nate. Uh, Simon? Uh, Dennis? You guys are awesome, and thanks for not yelling at me, even though I left your game early in a competitive game. Did they um, win? No, they took draw. It ended up seventeen seventeen, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm gonna shout out my friends. I also think Valorant's the up and coming game right now, so I encourage people to add me on Valorant as Soy Sauce Trigger. Um, and I've I've been enjoying it, so <laughs> I'm shouting that out. And nice. uh, I'm gonna shout out that COVID is over, you know, because we we uh. <laughs> Mm -hmm. We, as a society, have just decided, screw it, COVID's over. <laughs> so, that's that's what I'm shouting out. I think at the end, by the end of this August, Biden's just going to declare COVID being over, even though everyone's still catching it. At this point. Yeah. I'm going to so, shout out Walgreens. Thank you, uh, Walgreens. Thank you, Walgreens. Yeah, Is that why they got you, Booster? Yeah. 
Nice. No questions asked. All right. <laughs> okay. I got turned away from my, but let me check. Because <laughs> well, I misinterpreted the, the message Kaiser sent out as being that I qualified, but it was like at the J&J shot, not the boosters. So. Oh, no. You got to lie your way if you want a Pfizer or Moderna right now. Okay. All right. Good to know. You got to come on some other time. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, bring us all on. It'll be so fun. It would be fun. I'll bring Helen on to you. All right. Yeah. Well, that's it. We're calling it a day. So thanks for coming on. And we usually never sign off on the podcast, but have a good night. (laughs)